All right. We are going to have a couple. We're going to go through a couple different topics on here. Yeah, kind of a rapid fire of requested topics. Well, just kind of generalizing topics based off of questions we get because I get the same questions over and over again. And not in a bad way. No. I mean, each person would have no idea that the other person was exact, you know, asking the exact same question that they are. But well, believe when somebody's me, asking so many times, it's like, you know, this is a topic that needs to be discussed. But believe me, when, I mean, when I um, when I get a message and I read it, even no matter how weird you think it is, believe me, I've I've been asked the same question. That's at usually least three how times. these come. They're like, I know this is totally yeah. off the wall. It's like, but nope, you're not <laughs> unique. Don't worry about it. Don't don't I worry. I promise you it's go ahead. So the first issue that and that I get over and over again and I've dealt with it before, but I don't even remember the name of the podcast yeah, to tell you. Because it wasn't like a specific dedicated podcast. I think it was just and like I know in I've conversation on, on something else. And especially since we've been dealing a lot with false teachers lately on yes. the Hillsong Bethel front, all that, you know, Whew, that mess. Yep. Yeah. We'll go over that. Um, anyway, Oh, the Marty Sampson thing. That's yeah. That's what it was. I was like trying to think of his name. I've <laughs> been doing it. something. But, um, you know, and there was a lot of things that that were involved with that that were pretty regrettable to read. <laughs> I was just like, man, there is there's a lot of biblical illiteracy out there today, and there's a lot of lost brothers and sisters out there today that it's sad, it's sad. um but like i want to make sure that i handle this next person that i'm talking and i am not clumping him in the category of a false teacher but i i this is why i want to be extremely careful i get asked all the time about francis chan mm-hmm. and before i say anything about it I will say that I love Francis Chan. Yeah. Okay. I have learned so much and benefited from Francis Chan's ministry. I mean, a lot. And I get people that message me that say that, you know, I read all of his books. I've listened, you know, I listened to a lot of his older stuff, but lately I'm hearing some bad things about him. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. that's, yeah, unfortunately, this is, this is one of those situations, man, that just makes you sad. Um, and I pray that, you know, we can get this all worked out in the end. You know, I, I'm just, just pray for Francis to begin with. But yes, um, he has been, he's been skating down the apostasy hill. At a very rapid pace. I'm not calling him a false teacher. I'm not calling, you know. But I think he's I think he's caught in this whole just emergent church, uh, new apostolic reformation just type movement. And it is just this doctrine of demons has taken him captive. So much so that it's it's even affecting his newer sermons and stuff. I I wanted to make sure that 
I was listening to things that were recent, you know, to make my judgment here, you know, or to to give my answer, I guess I should say, not judgment. Um, you don't hold that power. We've seen. I don't that have that power. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So yeah, don't message me. <laughs> Think I'm saying that at all? Um, but I mean, in looking at it, I wanted to make sure, you know, watching his newer stuff to make sure that he wasn't still kind of. And all of this got so bad that a couple, I don't know how long ago it was, but he actually had to make a statement on this because he was yep. getting so much, um, you know, blowback from from associating with these teachers that he's associating with. And that's the main problem with him. But listening to his even newer sermons, I played a little clip for you before we started, yep. and it was honestly disappointing and i couldn't believe that it was coming from him number one and number two he was sounding good on the surface nobody would have noticed this i even had to tell explain to heidi in this particular sermon i'm like this is what he's ultimately saying here and what is he doing and you even saw i mean he you know he has a he has a bottle in his mouth when he starts the sermon and i'm like okay that i I get the point that you're trying to make and it it was a good point and that's why i said francis is a great teacher he really is and i really dig the dude and he's hilarious oh yeah i like i said it's just it pains for me it it really does pain me to say anything negative about him it really does um and i hope everybody knows like i mean francis was one of those people that when i first started seminary he was like one of those people that I clung to when I first started. And, you know, so this is somebody that I, you know, I, you know, I laughed. I, you know, I really enjoyed. And then just hearing this newer stuff, I was just like, my Lord, help him. And then going back and reading his statement that he made because he had gotten a bunch of, um, you know, this is basically he has to acknowledge people asking him the question of why do you associate with false teachers? Yeah, that's that's literally what he had to address. Yeah. And the way that he answered it, you can go just go search Francis Chan's statement from his website and you can read his whole statement on it. Um, I don't want to go through it here, you know, point by point. But for me, there's so many holes and there's i mean i had biblical arguments in here that i mean i had you know like i was reading it i'm like no this cannot be from somebody that i no this can't be he's always been known as such a solid teacher that's what the problem is and this is the problem with holding man up exactly and we can't do this none of us can yep because if we do it, it just leaves us in a bad place I can't no I can no longer recommend him just based off of the content of his newer stuff yeah. and the statement in his um you know his excuse for doing these things. Yeah. He honestly believes and if you know I, I this is one of those things that I know that people will 
strongly disagree with me on. But it's there's no biblical argument to it. But he honestly believes that taking the gospel to people who are lost in false teachers, he honestly believes that coexisting with these false teachers and teaching alongside them is the best way to present the gospel to the lost. Yeah, not calling them out for not being calling false out and deceiving the, people. Instead, palling around with them. Yeah. And then he's been known, and this is the one that really, I mean, it's online. You can look up the videos. You can read Francis' statements on it. You can you can see that Francis Chan and Mike Bickle do have a, somewhat of a relationship. It's not like they're buddy-buddy, but they have a pretty good relationship. And Francis, even he has gone and taught at IHOP, yeah. which IHOP is it. I mean, this is, they are part of the new, the NAR. They're an extremely heretical church. Um, it's hard for some people to see. They're charismatic. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, they're kind of, their theology is weird. It's all over the place, really. Um, but uh, he, I mean, with Bickle, the leader over there, he's sitting there when he comes on stage and he's like, I love this guy. I love this guy. You guys have such an amazing, blessed, spirit-filled. Just my jaw hit the floor. <sighs> because you, there's no rebuke. There's no, hey, be careful, brother. Like, there's no, no nothing. nope, I'm going to reach the lost by standing beside a false teacher. Well, and that's what made his now, statement on the website just so like, are you kidding me right now? now? Like this is I don't even care a what your personal feelings are, okay? Facts don't care about your feelings. No. Okay? So if you're angry with me for what I say about this, I don't care. Show me, not in your opinion, but show me biblically where you can find a teacher palling around with a false teacher okay and we're gonna have to go to the new testament for this so let's go to the new testament let's go to paul the apostles show me where paul would have palled around with a false teacher yeah not a misunderstood teacher somebody tried to bring this up to me the other day on on an an argument that not an argument but it was a it was just lively going debate. Li yeah, lively <laughs> debate. It wasn't an argument. Servant of the Lord is not argument. So it wasn't, but it was. It was a lively debate. And they brought it up, and he tried to say that, um, you know, Apollo, so yeah, Aquila and Priscilla mm -hmm. with Apollos, he, he was wrong. And yet they pulled him aside. They approved him quietly. And. And I was like, okay, teaching this is, he didn't the, know the problem is, is you don't think we named our ministry Aquila and Priscilla. Yes, we, you don't think I completely understand, but you're taking that completely out of context. Apollos was completely theologically sound. He was missing one key aspect. He only, he only heard one teaching. He didn't hear the other one. We, this was in the days before the internet. Yeah, he didn't And before know like mass transit, you know, before you could get around. So he didn't have the complete picture yet. Yet. And that's when they heard him and they were like, oh, um, hey, dude, come here. Heads up. Hey, this heads up. Came. This happened. So remember? And 
then he corrected it, and then we can see throughout through the epistles that, uh, you know, he was a very faithful servant and a wonderful teacher. And me personally, I believe that he wrote Hebrews. So this is the type of, of person that comes just from getting one more ingredient. To to this is not a false teacher. No, at all. Yeah, that's not a bickle. That's not a white. That's not. No. So there's no place biblically that you can show me where this happened. Where there is biblical backing is saying to stay away from false teachers at all costs. It doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter even if they are perfect up into the little tiniest detail what does jesus say in matthew 16 beware of the leaven of the pharisees a little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump if you know anything about old testament judaism you know that when it comes to passover they can't have a speck i mean literally a speck of leaven under the carpet in the third bedroom because that would completely defile the whole thing. You have to rid your entire house of every speck of leaven. Every product with yeast and any leavening agent must be completely removed from your home before going into the Passover. So what do you think the importance is when Jesus is making that comparison? Yeah. Beware the leaven. Just the tiniest little bits. In this case, it was somewhat in in the case in Jesus in the context of Matthew sixteen. It was it was a little bit more obvious there, but it it's not always obvious. A little bit eleven. I think the best case for us today that Paul makes in Acts twenty when he's speaking to the Ephesian elders, he says, "Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers." To shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. So among your own selves, in things like savage wolves will come in among you. That's inside the church. That's, that's where they start is right here in the church. They start right here, and then they go off, and that's, we have to be careful and beware of that, and the fact that Francis is not warning people of these things, and yet he's teaching alongside them, and we can see that this is a serious matter in Scripture, yeah, it's not even being discussed. It's not even being discussed. So the fact that he's doing this and he does a lot of event and that was part of his his statement and I understand it and but no, nah, I mean I can't I unfortunately I can't recommend him anymore and we all need to pray for him that he realizes that you know he is he's heading down a path that he shouldn't and like paul says i mean 
even with tears in his eyes, they walk as enemies of the cross. And unfortunately, if you're going to be walking around and palating around with false teachers, bad company ruins good morals. Yeah, you're walking as an enemy of the cross. And it, you know, you, you, that little bit of levit, that ruins you. It really does. And I don't, you know, I, like I said, I want to be very careful. I don't want to come off as, as judgy or, or attacking by any means because I think, you know, like I said, I, as a brother in the Lord, I mean, he is a, and a teacher, he's, you know, very, very important, even, you know, that I would, like I said, even in my walk that I had, he was a good piece of it because I learned a lot from Francis. And to see this happen is is just really, really tragic. But we know that it will happen. Let's just pray that it, for him, turns around. Um, I wouldn't... I mean, I don't know that you should turn your nose up at his older stuff. You need to discern. You I mean, need anything to, that comes with his stuff. I don't. I don't know the answer to that, and I and I won't answer that for you. I would say to take that in prayer. Um, you know, to prayer, I would. Yeah, I would just pray about it and see what where the Lord leads you with it. Um, for me, it's hard for me to listen to his older stuff now because I know what what now he's doing. So now when I listen to his older stuff, you know, it makes me, it just bothers me even more because I'm like, man, you're, what happened? What are you doing? You know, and even, even when he started, see, because he started to get the mega church, he was doing really good. Then he left it for the, and to start the We Are Church deal. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, in, in church planning, which he has done a lot of good. And his ministry, like I said, I've benefited from his ministry and learned from his ministry Absolutely. a bunch. Um, he actually, being completely honest, um, he was actually one of the people that was in school, the part of the home church and, and starting all of it. Yeah. He was part of our my seminary's program yep. to build home churches. So we, my, my seminary's... Um, used his stuff to plant churches and do stuff with them too. So I don't know if they still do. I haven't checked into that, but they did when I, when I was there, that's how I even, you know, that's how I even got the idea and got really super into it was watching what Francis did. And then just these, you know, that turn that he took there um, just was really disappointing. So uh, be careful. Pray, take it to the Lord, see what he, see what the Lord tells you that you should do. But I know that you should pray for him and stay away from his newer stuff. And I would just, I would just try to put him on the back, maybe burner until he comes around a little bit, maybe. I don't know, but that's not, that's not up to me to tell you that. But for me, I can't listen to him and we need to pray. So that's what I 
have to say about that. I'm sure some people will get mad at me and disagree with me, but well, it's the internet. It's so the internet. We'll hear all kinds of interesting things. And the internet has a well actually button that people love pressing. <laughs> so, all right, what's her next point? The second, the second point she asked. It was another question that we had addressed many, many times: is yoga. Yes. <laughs> So, I thought you were going to say something. No, I was just... (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to give a short answer on it. It's... There can... The stretches and the different things... Yoga can be beneficial. Can be. Yoga can also be an idol. It can also be extremely demonic. It can be a lot of things. Okay, we do have freedom in Christ. Okay, we have, Paul makes that very, very clear that we have freedom and it doesn't, why we should not submit to these stupid rules of, oh, you can't do that. You're going to get possessed if you touch that. Yeah. You know, no, that's not necessarily the case. You have freedom to go ahead and do these things. If you want to do yoga, do yoga. Like I said, it can be beneficial yeah but there's physical stretching exercises of yoga yeah um do it and and that's there's fine but like i said there's so much it's it's part of a culture it's part of an idol there's it's part of a demonic practice there's so much bad that goes along with it i'm not gonna be like there's a lot of pastors out there that just will anything to do with it like you can't even sit like in which i don't think you should do the little what do you call it i'm ignorant and i'm gonna get made fun of by the internet but oh, what do you call the, the little yeah, thing the um the um yeah mm-hmm. there you go um yeah no, i mean yeah you, you shouldn't do that but you can i mean as a you know as a, as a form of stretching and relaxing okay, so and health let's pull and, this into some your doctor has talked right. about things that you need to do to help in your healing process sure. with your neck injury. Brandon has a condition. It's never going to go away. So we have to look at ways that we can do things to try to help ease because he's in immense pain all of the time. And it is, it's a disability that he just is having to learn how to, how to live with and make adjustments for. And so his doctor has mentioned now, that he thinks he is healed enough that he can start doing things. And he has suggested like looking at some different yoga techniques to mm-hmm. help just the stretching and the stuff to help aid in his, you know, recovery and his long-term treatment. That's one thing. The practice of yoga, the understanding of yoga, the being involved in yoga it's demonic. Yeah, stay that's away from what that. what it is. It's, that's a, it's a demonic and, practice. And because of that, as a Christian, it's something that you shouldn't publicize. Yeah, so like you probably shouldn't go join a yoga class. If you want to do right. some stretching techniques, sure. I mean, if I you would want to say do it Pilates or something like right. that where there's none of it. But if Do you it privately. Do it at home. You can do some Only stretches. because we're looking at something we're being as Christians and a, living a Christian lifestyle where being a, an example to the world and we want to be set apart from the world. So why put that Okay, so yoga out? is an extremely pagan, you know, it, it well-known pagan practice. 
So let's maybe not be like so upfront about doing everything about that. Let, like, well, let, let's just say that, hey. It, well, it's because if you're wanting to do it for the not, exercise, for the stretches, and not, for the things, you don't need to be doing the other stuff. So that's why a lot of people have seen that they'll even, if they want to do like the exercise part of it, they will do it, but with it on mute. So they're not hearing all of that because it gets very new agey, very right. spiritual. I mean, it's a very hard one to discern. And that's, and you're not hiding anything. No. You're not hiding anything at just all. Cause so just because you're not publicizing it doesn't mean you're hiding it. You're you're acknowledging as a Christian, you're saying, yeah, this is a pagan practice. This is something that this could easily make somebody else stumble and think that I, you know. I am not hiding I'm in not, secret in doing this as right. a pagan practice. Exactly. So I don't want to. I don't want to give that vibe off. And we as Christians have to do that. So, yes, to you, the freedom to do it. Yes. Um, be public about it and and be upfront and, and well, no, but look at I everything can't. else. But it's not just even that there's pagan roots there and the spirituality. So for you, maybe you've reconciled those things and you have nothing to do with that. You do it just for the exercises. Sure. You have it on mute. You're not listening to the stuff. Um, your conscience is clear when it comes to it. But do we really need pictures of you in your sports bra and your Absolutely skin not. tight pads no. doing your yoga nope. poses? That's, Nobody that's needs part to of the see idol. that. Yeah, that's you, you just idol. put that away. Um, I think there's there's two points here that are really big, though. The movement now, this is where I we started having a lot of issues with the people in charge of Pure Flix, and his wife now is like a certified, Andrea Logan White is like a certified whatever form of yoga teacher and all this stuff she's always promoting. The movement now of taking yoga and slapping Jesus on it and making it Christian yoga. Number one, that just proves that you know it's a spiritual yeah. religious no, practice. No, and no, now you no, think no, you can no. just put lipstick on a pig and call yeah, it good. No, that no, I would no, have no, absolutely no, no. nothing to do with whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. And then to the second point being, if your conscience is not clear and you feel convicted for being involved in any form of yoga, even if it's just doing some stretches even if before you feel bed weird or and you're not watching anything, then that is the spirit convicting you. Yeah, do don't not do have it. anything to don't do, do it. with it if you feel convicted yeah. of it. Yeah, exactly. Like it can't, that's where we're trying to say, and I would, I want to make sure that it was clear in what Brandon just explained that if you are, you don't feel convicted, you're yeah, not you involved in it yeah. in any form of anything other than using some ways to stretch because all of the poses have meaning. There's spiritual everything behind all of it. But I also can be reaching over and stretching in a way that feels good for my back. And I'm not technically doing a pose because I don't even know what it's called. But I'm doing, you know, maybe the stretches they do, they are good for neck issues, back issues, whatever you might have. But for you, there, there's none of that involved in it. I mean, we used to do little bedtime yoga with the kids before bed. And it was just a process of everybody calming down, stretching out. And it was something we all did together before we went to bed. There was nothing involved in it. So if you have a clear conscience on all of it, that's one thing. But if you are bothered in any way, shape, or form, absolutely have nothing to do with any of it because it is serious. Sure. Yeah. And, and I just thought of a really random example of the problem with the world seeing these things that you're doing that may be okay. Yeah. But I was watching a video last night from Apologia. It was called, get this, Three Pastors and a Beer. Yeah. Okay. 
And it was Jeff and um, Doug Wilson, and I, I don't remember now who the third guy was. I know, I just watched it last night, but I do not remember who the third passer was for the life of me right now. But um, anyway, they were literally sitting in, sitting around at a bar, drinking a beer, talking about theology. Okay. Which could not be any more Calvinist. <laughs> it could not be any more it. Calvinist. Which is kind of, I was laughing at. But what I wasn't la- laughing at is, I was like, now, this is coming from a person, and I, I'm very open with it. I love beer. Yeah. I do. I'm You've not, always been a beer guy. I always, I, I really, really do. It's it's not a problem for me. It's not a struggle. Um, there was definitely a long point in my life where I was willingly. Overindulging. Um, overindulging. But it never got, I don't think, out of control. Maybe for a little period of time. Okay, maybe. Okay, so like maybe for... nothing publicly to say. All right, so (laughs) maybe it got a little bad for a little bit. But it was... But even then, when it got bad... Not, I don't think, bad like what most people... Yeah, not bad like like what most people... Like, see, I have good friends that have had legit struggle and i've I never had a, a legit, family of alcohol i'm not an alcoholic so i've never had a legit not. struggle so people when they would hear my no everything of mine was self-controlled i was a will i you always say willingly. that i was a willing alcoholic for a few months when yeah. we first when i first left the real world and we started this whole thing right this was my transition this whole thing meaning like working for ourselves not this whole thing meaning ministry ministry yeah no no, no definitely no that's a good don't know our that's story, a good distinction to make sure that's yeah. a good distinction. Well, to you make. said that, and I was like, "Honey, that." But was I was, like the worst I was willingly uh, an alcoholic for a good period of time there because I didn't have anything. You went from living a very corporate, uptight life to us working for ourselves, kind of breaking free from the rat race, breaking free from the nine to five, and you was like your spring break. Yeah, it really was. So I did. I, I mean, I I took every advantage that I could of having a good time. But so I have all that to say. I have nothing, no problem with it, except for obviously this is clear to us that if this causes another believer to stumble or to to be offended in some way. Cut it out. Cut it out. Also, don't so do it. Meet again if it's yeah, if if it causes another rudder into stumble, don't do it. Now, people take that out of context and say, "Well, see, this shows that you should never ever do it," because that can make one other well in front of that other Christian or in front publicly in front of sure. people. Absolutely, making it a spectacle, making making a spectacle of it. Absolutely, which and a servant. I don't believe that a servant of God. It, this is the type of portrayal that we want to have. And I enjoy beer, and I don't think there's anything wrong with drinking it. But I was your doctor there, even recommended it. My, for yeah, even stones, for kidney yeah. stones. Yeah, which it's which when he said that, I'm not, and I I have that. It I wish I had it on record, but I was sitting there, and I was that was the happiest advice I ever got. <laughs> when the doctor tells doctor you says, go home and drink some hey, beer, it'll make take a real light stones. beer and drink a real light beer. They're good for kidney stones. I was like, okay, boom, done. As a chronic kidney stone no survivor. <laughs> and anyway, um. But so to set I, it up I don't, and make a but spectacle. But to set it up like some yeah. spectacle and to celebrate it and make it idle and, you know, yeah. we can't do that. But 
I was sitting there watching the video and I was going, I don't know how I feel. I I don't like this. Yeah. I don't think this puts off a good vibe. Yeah. I don't think three pastors should be on camera. Again, if you and a pastor friend, if you're having dinner or sure, whatever, and you want to have a beer, it. that's perfectly fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not, and this is where some people even get crazy. If you're a pastor and you want to go out to dinner at a public restaurant, regardless of your status, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be, no, you shouldn't be drunk and, and acting a fool like Carl Entz and Justin Bieber doing tequila oh my shots. Gosh, yeah. But you also can't. I don't think that you should be held to just sitting there drinking water at dinner with your family. You know, I think if, you know, like these people that get like, well, he was caught out having a beer. It's like, well, yeah, he was out to dinner. He, he can live his own personal beer. life and that's okay. If he's out to dinner with someone that he knows struggles now, with alcohol. Is right. That, and then, he's we, then we're in a completely like, different, totally different, then level. we're in a different conversation. But, but I think that's I'm not that even that point. legalistic. But I but sitting there recording it and and putting this out as part of our ministry, like I don't know how I feel about that. I don't think I like that. So I and I'm looking on the comments of it, and there is at least 15 comments on there that they're like, "Brothers, love you to death." But I came out of alcohol, you know, mm. and they're saying that. And I'm like, man. And the moment that one of those comments comes up, that video should be taken. Down. I agree with that one. It doesn't matter. One. one out of they have, I don't know how many hundred thousand subscribers, but one person that says that out of all of them, I'm like, dude, Remove it. gotta go. You can't do that because there's people in here that are struggling, that are rebuking you saying, hey, I don't think you should do this because I've had a struggle with it. And I don't think that people get to pull that card all of the time, right? That's why I just said, that's why I brought up the out to dinner thing. I don't think that that's always fair. So I don't think that like a pastor should be, you know, held to, if he wants to go out to dinner with his family and have a beer, if you see me at Outback Steakhouse, you're going to see me with a beer. I guarantee okay, you. But I but think, I, I I'm don't know, not I feel going like the way you're saying this might be kind of coming out the wrong way. A man of God is always a man of God. Absolutely. Regardless of who Absolutely. he is. Absolutely. So you in private. Right. Okay. We're not going to sit down and hold our Saturday live feed with you throwing back a few beers. We're no. not going to do that because that would be inappropriate. I think people get the idea, though, that the moment that you're not willing to post something publicly on your social media, it's like, oh, well, what do you have to hide? No, just I, I'm allowed to, yeah. to have private. Yeah. Ti private I things. have zero like, skeletons. Have, right, like I'm it, just honey, allowed but to it's OK if I were to walk around in a bikini in front of my husband. It sure. would not be OK for me to be posting those pictures sure. publicly or wearing a bikini in a video or something right. like that right so we understand the difference right. in that, that it's is the same I'm way saying, here yeah. and so if brandon he's not going to be drinking you know something like that but you come over saturday while we're having dinner or whatever or grilling out yeah he's having a beer or two there's nothing wrong with that so why would that not be then when you go out to dinner that was your example sure, that i just want to make sure it's coming across clear so no, when that you was go out my to example dinner, is yeah 
and you order a beer with dinner, that's fine. I'm the are same person. Are you drunk in the restaurant? Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. If somebody is there with you and you are ministering to them or just enjoying fellowship with them and that's somewhere that they struggle, no, you're not Absolutely going to be sitting not. there Never. No. drinking with them. Right. But so, yeah, so for them, if the, the Apologia guys, if they wanted to sit down and hang out as fellow buddy pastors and have sure. a beer, awesome, that's Great. fine. But to be recording that that's and where putting my problem that out was there and putting that out there platform, as part of your ministry, and that's what I said exactly earlier. Yeah, that's, that's where my issue that I yeah. have with it, and that was the example that I was making. So with the yoga thing, just like what if people are struggling with, you know, people, and we say this all the time: the New Age stuff is huge, and it is huge in the Christian church right now. And why it's such a just wolf lying ready to attack well, because people don't realize. Let's. It. Let's let that lead us into the third topic that okay. we're going to talk about. Enneagram. Okay. It's such a this, big one right now. This is one that I actually disagree with one of our got questions favorite, with on. got yeah. questions on, which I won't even use them for it, for this one. Um, not that I would not even use them. They like, were just I very lean. I just, I just read it this. and I was like, I don't know that I agree with that. And I asked you about yep. it. And I was and like, I read it before. And I asked Heidi, I was like, have you read it? And she goes, yeah. And I was, she goes, yeah, I didn't like, I was like, I didn't either. I didn't agree with it. I was kind of surprised. Yeah. And then I read some other sources that were kind of saying the same things along the line of got questions. Me personally, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I, I really don't. No. Um, I think I understand what it is. And, and for the, you guys, I anybody understand. who doesn't know what the Enneagram is, it's this, basically the the idea that people will tell you it is, is it's a personality test, but it's this very detailed test that you go through and it tells you where you fall on the spectrum. And if you spend any time, especially on Instagram or Facebook, everybody is... I mean, even the Christian women are obsessed with this Enneagram. They're figuring out where their kids fall on it, where their spouse falls on it. And now we know how our family can work because I know every, where everyone falls on the Enneagram. And it's, it's interesting. Very the complex. And it's it's interesting. And it's it's a it's honestly a a well designed system to label personality. Yes, it very much is. Yeah. And it's like a super detailed, you know, those little magazine quizzes. Yeah, it's super effective and it's super innocent on the surface level of yep. what it does and what it is. And I, I don't want to sound like tinfoil hat Heidi over here, but I, yeah, I just I don't like it. I think that this we have to understand that these these things aren't nothing is new under the sun. So that any any of the things that are arising now aren't anything new. We yeah. just have to be able to categorize it or find out where it was. To me, I believe that this falls in the line of just mysticism, which was the central thing that ran the Greek and Roman empires. I mean, they, they both were, it, they were extremely mystic in their different gods. And I mean, it was, it was, if you know anything about the first century, I mean, this is what Paul was constantly fighting these Jewish mystics. He fought Gnosticism. Um, so I think that that fits somewhere a line. 
yeah. l- along those lines. Um, just based off of what it what it is, it's very spiritual. It's the, very not well. And this is the thing that I feel like no Christian woman. Well, I have one friend who talked about it. She, her, and I kind of had a discussion about it. But I feel like for the did most did she disagree part, with you? No, no. She she ended up doing it. She ended uh-huh. up doing the quit. She still kind of agreed. She was like on that fence and, on, and and then she did it and she was like, yeah, I'm exactly where I thought I would be. Like, whatever, this is stupid. But everybody, I think, is failing to understand or just completely ignoring, but they're kind of like yoga. It's like saying that yoga is just an exercise program. No, it isn't. It's part of a religious practice and we know that that's demonic. Right. We know that's what it is. Right. So again, if you're going to do it strictly as stretching exercises with sure. nothing else whatsoever brought into it and your conscience is clear, you have no conviction on that, okay. That's between you and God. Like you have to make that decision. Same thing here. If you've done the Enneagram, are we saying that you have sinned and you no. need to go? Absolutely not. I but, just say stay away from But them. you need to understand that there is a very spiritual, yeah. demonic activity connection all of that stuff to it and to see the way that i'm speaking of only christian women that i have seen that have done this i mean they hold it's all about what your number is it's all about where you fall i mean they're they're adding it into their like their instagram profile to define who they are like now you can know about me because this is where i fall on the enneagram like they're giving it all of this power and then acting like it's no big deal and it's like so you're telling me that there's all this spiritual stuff connected to it some really wonky crazy demonic stuff here you're all about your number what number are you we're trading numbers and we got to know all the things all about the enneagram where everything falls you're adding it to your profile like it's literally on everything you practically walk around wearing a t-shirt that says don't worry i'm enneagram whatever and we're just supposed to be like that's oh, okay no big don't deal it's fine because it. i love jesus okay okay no i don't yeah i don't agree with it and i don't i i mean got questions even said it would be it's semi-beneficial <laughs> yeah and i don't agree with that i mean i don't i mean whatever if you do it cool if you want to do it just because you're curious whatever it's not gonna it's not gonna possess you but stay away from that stuff because it's 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 just something that you you don't want to mess with just better to stay away from it i guess is better better way to say it but yeah it and I just don't get, I mean, the stuff it comes from. But if you, I mean, if you have it reconciled with the Lord. Do you read the, uh, uh, the gospel coalition on the Enneagram? They're right up for it. Uh Uh-uh. Where did Enneagram come from? Some proponents of the Enneagram attribute it to the Desert Fathers, Kabbalists, Sufi mystics, uh, Chaldeans, and other ancient groups. Chaldeans. Sorry. Claims for an ancient origin, however, have never been substantiated. The earliest mention of the Enneagram is found in the writings of Russian occultist P.D., some name I can't pronounce, who attributes it to his teacher, the Greek-American occultist George, another name I can't pronounce. He considered the Enneagram a symbol of the cosmos, but made no connection with it to personality types. It was left to another occultist, Oscar uh, something, to connect the Enneagram to personality. He claimed to have discovered the personality type meaning of the Enneagram when it was taught to him by the archangel Metraton while he was high on mescaline. 
One of his students, a Chilean-born psychiatrist, another occultist, was the first to connect the nine points of the Enneagram to nine basic personality traits. In the 1970s, students of the Naranjo spread the Enneagram to various Catholic communities, especially in mystical and contemplative circles. Some of the promoters of the Enneagram included the former Jesuit John Don Riso, the Franciscan friar Richard Rohr, and late Benedictine nun Suzanne Zercher. In 1997, Risco co-founded the Enneagram Institute, an organization that helped bring the Enneagram to a broader audience. I mean, if those few little points there don't creepy. make you just Do they like, go on to oh yeah, they, they go, go on to, to not like it? I assume. Oh yeah, but if like those foundational points right there are not alarm bells and red flags just like blaring in your head, I, I would I would maybe research into things a little bit more. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know that I definitely don't want to come off. Like, I'm some kind of expert on it. Um, and I don't want to, you know, misrepresent it in any okay, way. Okay, but hold on. Let me share this. Why are some evangelicals opposed to the Enneagram? Evangelicals who favor the Enneagram tend to be younger and either do not know or downplay its history. They consider it to just another personality typology. In contrast, evangelicals who oppose the Enneagram tend to be older and associate the Enneagram with the occult or with the Catholic spirituality movement. Those who oppose it are likely to have first seen books on the Enneagram in the New Age section of the bookstore, because that's what it is. The symbol is also reminiscent of the pentagram, which is associated with various occults from Wiccans to Satanists. But anyways, so going through... Yeah, it, because it is. It's this movement where either you're like young. Oh, was that and they explain cool. it? Yeah. yeah okay, so like either it. like everybody is all into it and it's cool, or you're just like this old fuddy duddy who's like ah Satan bad and you know don't want anything to do with it. But again, that's where we say you look into it, understand what this is, where it comes from, what its roots are, and then make your decision based off of that. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, I mean, I if don't like it. If you and God are okay with it, then that's between you and him. But again, you're letting a lot of things be okay. You know what I mean? Like, I think we just have to weigh those things because where's that line? Where's that line of like, yeah, I know that's pagan and that's bad and that's demonic and that's evil, but I like it. So I just won't pay attention to that part and it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, scripture's very clear how we don't have anything to do with this stuff. I'm not saying that your kids shouldn't be allowed to, you know, play make believe because that's not real. So therefore it's witchcraft. No, they're just being kids and they're jumping around. They're playing like they think ponies can have wings. What do I know? You know, I mean, they're kids, but what, what is that line of the things that you will let come in and Mm -hmm. and let be okay, regardless of the true, I mean, we know that these spiritual principalities, we know that these demonic powers, they're real and they are all around us. They're more real than the physical world we see. So at what point do you say, Hey, there's a line. I'm not crossing over it, but that's my two cents. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I would, I would stay away from it. I think that was the last question. So yeah, I think that was, all of all the today all of the most common points that I just kind of put together for that. Yeah. So yeah, those are my thoughts on those those things, but let's just remember to keep Francis in prayers cuz this is you know, uh, this is once a very very solid teacher. Yeah. 
very very it's good teacher and definitely don't want to see him going down that path so let's just keep him in prayer and make sure to just be sober-minded and watchful at anything Everything. that you come across absolutely guys yep. thank you